fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? You finally made it. Pat yourself on the back. It's a Friday, the greatest day of the entire week, at least one of them. It's a day that ends in days, so that's always a good day for you as well. Welcome into it. We have a heck of a lot to talk about today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, but we are all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death and appreciate you very, very much as usual. Your Millennial General reporting for duty on the day today by the way before we get into our uh, topical issues we have a lot to talk about gracie lynn she'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour she is the author of the book the shattered vase she'll be talking about something a little bit different kind of a fun offbeat conversation for a friday but the spiritual warfare of single parenting in the nation what are the struggles and uh, we'll talk about her life story in the book that she wrote the shattered vase that talks about that and how important it is to find that higher power or at least some type of comfort when you're dealing with the today's struggles. A uh, programming note for you real quickly. Just as we're about ready to flip on the microphone here, we've had a pretty awesome thunderstorm roll through the Wichita, Kansas area where our flagship radio station is here in the... Let's see. Yeah, I think you can hear that. Hear the booming out there. Just saw some lightning. So if we lose connection or contact in some way, shape, or form, don't worry. We'll try and get back on the program as quickly as we can. But uh, hopefully we don't have to worry about any type of power issues here. At the studio happens once in a while. For some reason, with big old radio towers in our parking lot and all the technological equipment we have here, for some reason, we're somewhat prone to lightning strikes in some way, shape, or form. So uh, if that happens, we'll just kind of roll through it. But uh, I, I'm exhilarated. It's springtime, and it makes me happy. We went from 70 degrees, and I see the lightning and the thunder. And I, as soon as the show's done, I'm walking outside in the heavy downpour rain and enjoying it because... It just exhilarates me. With that being said, holy cow, do we have a lot to talk about today. Let's jump right into it with our first guest of the program for a Friday. What's trending today? And really happy to have this guest back on the program. We had her on a few weeks ago to give some updates, not just on, uh, I know that we have radio stations outside of the state of Kansas as well right now, but this is a national movement that's starting here in Kansas. We're very proud of it. And she's been uh, at the forefront of a lot of this, writing some of the bills, helping push some of this with our Kansas Women's Bill of Rights that is made national. <laughs> I laugh because the national media ran with it. They're talking about it being the anti-LGBTQ community. Uh, Oh, to trying to ban LGBTQ rights in the state of Kansas. And you know, that's just, it's not, it's not the case. So what really is going on with the bills and where do we stand with some of these, uh, both here in Kansas and abroad, excited to have on the program. She's a senior legal fellow at the Independent Women's Law Center. Happy to have back on the program, a Kansas native as well, May Mailman with us here. May, how are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's good to have you back on the program. What a crazy world we live in, and we can tie this into so many current events going on nationwide right now with Bud Light and some of the other big woke movements that are happening. But uh, let's focus right now on the bill that you've been working on here in our in our home state, in the state of Kansas, this Women's Bill of Rights. Where are we with this? Because it passed the legislature. What are the odds up or down that our Democrat governor is going to veto this one? So she's definitely going to veto it because she wants to be, I guess, an extremely unpopular governor and not 
recognize that women exist, that we have rights, that we're deserving of protection, that biological women are different than biological men. So once she vetoes it, then it's going to go back to the Kansas legislature, and then they can override it just like they did with the women's sports protection. Um you know, I hope that they do it. It is just funny, though, when you read the Kansas City Star, you would think that by defining a woman, this is actually what I end up reading, that the Kansas legislature would like to inspect everyone's genitals. That is what our Kansas City Star has decided to go with as their story. So that's obviously not true. (laughs) We have lived since the beginning of time knowing who is a man and who is a woman and what that means without genital inspections. So I don't see why all of a sudden tomorrow that would change. Um, It would just be, you know, the world as we have lived in forever. But, um, but yeah, so it's going to, going to, once she vetoes it, go back. And there we just hope that our Kansas legislators have some common sense. Imagine talking about common sense, imagine a world like that where you have to go so far and are so delusional without being able to concept the grasp, uh, you know, grasping reality in some way, shape, or form that you have to make the statement that because you just have to define what is a male and what is a female, which is an absurd, uh, you know, uh, obsession that we have to actually focus on in today's times, anyways. That that's the argument that you have to make against it is that because we need to define a man and woman, that apparently we just need to look at every child's genitalia to know which bathroom. They have to use which uh, classroom they have to use, which dormitory rooms they have to go into that we don't know by looking at them. So therefore, we have to check genitalia. That's the argument that they make, because that to me seems like, hey, your desperation showing a little bit. You may want to cover up. It's, it's really remarkable. I think there's a provision in the sports bill that something like if you are trying to contest what your birth certificate says or if you refuse to, to purchase or to show your birth certificate, then you can basically use physical information since all kids in order to play sports have to take a physical. So like, because there's an existing requirement that you have a physical and that you can use that, that that means general inspections. You and I know normal people know that that does not mean a genital inspection. That means you have refused to basically show the information on your birth certificate and are trying to claim that you are a sex that you are not. Um, but the Women's Bill of Rights is even, you know, way far removed from that because it basically just says women exist, biological women exist. Uh, they are women whose reproductive systems are capable of producing ova. And, um, and that because women exist, when courts look at different things like sororities versus fraternities or different separations, women's prisons versus men's prison, that it is okay to have some separation of the sexes where it makes logical sense for safety or fairness. So this is, these are just really basic things. They have existed from the beginning of time. They've been very good for women. Um, I'm a new mom and I think a lot of other new moms have experienced where you're traveling around. There are what they call mother's rooms. They're for breastfeeding. And, and they very clearly say on there, no men. You know, a lot of men have to feed their babies when they're traveling too, but like no men. And it's, it's just things like that. Things that are good for women that are private spaces where biological women can go 
do biological women things. Yeah. The weird part about this conversation is that we have uh, we have individuals who apparently can transition genders, which is, you know, again, mind boggling for most individuals out there. But at the same time, you have the same crowd that's supporting that movement telling our daughters, for example, that they can't dress up in a certain Halloween costume because it's culturally appropriating. They can't dress up like Moana because that would be of that type of culture, and therefore you can't disrespect that culture. But if you decide truly that you feel like a boy, or if you're a boy that truly feels like a girl, then that's acceptable. I'm, I'm curious on, and I'm confused on where that line's actually drawn, because it seems like the Halloween costume would be less of an offensive thing than a guy coming in and just dominating everything that women have worked so hard for throughout the years. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, it is appropriating women. And I don't think that all people, I, you know, th- there might be some, you know, portion of people who are just trying to like live their life quietly or whatever. But like, let's take Dylan Mulvaney and just a pure appropriation of womanhood, like a mockery, a mockery of womanhood. His first day of girlhood where he said he bought a lot of expensive things and cried a lot and was just overly emotional. It's everything that I am trying to say that I'm not when I'm applying for a job you know, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I'm irrational, bad with money. And like, I'm going to weep at work all the time. So it's all these stereotypes that women have tried to fight against. And then men can go say that they're going to basically appropriate womanhood, as you said, and that everyone has to go along with it. But when we appropriate any type of other thing, appropriate race, appropriate culture, then you can't even, they've, I, I don't know if you read the article, that if you have a meme that has a black person on it, that you have, you are doing digital blackface. So like on everything (laughs) else besides stealing women, you can't even think about it. And then as far as mocking women, Dylan Mulvaney can do it all day. Oh, I don't know what March Madness is because I'm a woman. You know, we all know what March Madness is, dude. Like, please stop. Wow. I never I didn't realize you're right. I mean it, it it doesn't make any sense how you can go that badly into stereotyping when literally for years they've been telling us you cannot stereotype uh, certain groups of individuals, Asian Americans or Hispanic Americans or Black Americans or women or any you can't stereotype them. But if you think you are one, then you can amplify the stereotypes and it's totally acceptable from that side of the aisle. Why do you think they're pushing so hard? on this and why do you think the media is covering this issue so badly when it's especially in the classroom and in public schools with the transgender issue is it because we're finally starting to push back and they've just kind of gotten whatever they wanted to for so many years in public schools and brainwashing children and now the fact that we're saying no and drawing a line they're upset with that or why do you think that this is the issue they're trying to die on as a, you know when they're standing on top of the hill so it's funny i I have to think that the Democratic Party is not, actually, because when you look at what Biden did for women's sports, he tried to say, yeah, you've got to let men into women's sports, but you don't always have to, like in some circumstances. So I, I have to think that there are people who have brains that are thinking this issue is not going to go well for us, but they have capitulated to the most radical portion of the Democratic Party, and they have just 
let a certain number of people who have felt constrained by whatever it is, Christianity uh, or or just reality, truth. Um, just the family values, moral values that we try to hold family. up to. Exactly. But you and I, we know Democrats. Who, would, who know what men are, who know what women are. They want their daughters to be able to use bathrooms and locker rooms and participate in sports. So when I see the Kansas City Star leaning so far into this issue, when I see, uh, you know, Governor Kelly veto this, I don't know what they're thinking. I, re- I Are they stupid? I just, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It is not popular. It is not a winning agenda. And it is a fringe 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 position it is a fringe position and it's weird that they've taken that stance and like you said even even candace governor kelly has said on the campaign trail at least that it's common sense that boys should not be competing in women's sports but yet vetoes the bill now for those that live outside of the state of kansas there were two bills this bill that you've been working on with the women's bill of rights there was also a women's sports bill that we promoted here in kansas that she did veto and the kansas legislature has overridden that one so now we can make sure that boys are not participating in women's sports here in the state of Kansas, and that's good news, and a lot of other states are working on that as well. Uh, mate, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Absolutely. Awesome. I will continue this conversation when we come back on how the repercussions are going from maybe some of the woke businesses, Bud Light and Disney and some of the other ones promoting this agenda and how it's working out on that grander scale. It's Mayor Mailman, the Independent Women's Law Center, back after this here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, it is. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Welcome. We love you to death. Thanks for hanging out right now. we got a few minutes left with May Mailman. She is the uh, Senior Legal Fellow at the Independent Women's Law Center. As we talk about the Women's Bill of Rights here in Kansas, some of the ongoing national debates, why the progressives, why the radicals are making this the hill to die on for transgenderism. And not just transgenderism, because again, if someone feels something different and wants to act a certain way or dress a certain way or be a certain way, again, the libertarian coming out of me says, I don't really care. We don't care. But yet, it's it's not just about you do your thing, I do my thing. It's about, no, 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 we're going to make it a big national icon. We're going to force it down your throat, and you have to accept it or else you're the worst human being on the face of the earth. And that's where we're at today, which is a very weird position for us to be in, especially with such a commonsensical issue. I could see it on economic issues or philosophical issues, but this is common sense on what a guy or a gal is. And the nation may, as we look at some of these woke businesses, we see Bud Light, and the latest headline I've seen is they've already lost anywhere between six to seven billion dollars of their shares after endorsing Dylan and making uh, him, because he is still a man, making him the face on the beer cans and a kind of the new spokesperson for the company. We see the woke company of Disney while they're changing movies, they're blotching out movies, they're removing movies off of their Disney Plus. We see them going into a spiraling downhill movement to where the last couple big hits they've had weren't big hits and they're doing massive layoffs is the woke movement killing corporations in the country do you think 
Well, it's funny. I mean, yes, this is going to be some temporary pain on Anheuser-Busch, sort of. I mean, they've got a bazillion other brands of beer that probably just scooped up a lot of uh, previous Bud Light drinkers who didn't know that they were switching over to uh, Ultra, which is also Anheuser-Busch or whatever. But um, the problem is, is that I fear that companies care a little bit about this type of backlash, but they don't really care because what they really want is a good ESG score so that they can uh, have loans, so that they can basically operate as a business. And in order to have a good ESG score, they need to do all of this woke stuff. So... I do think that consumer backlash is necessary because that is the power that consumers have. However, I think that it is one very small step because anyone who works at a major corporation knows that every decision that they make from the food that you provide in your grocery store or convenience store to the people that you hire to the advertisements that you run, like Every decision is focused on how can I have a better ESG score? And that ESG score is basically how woke is my company? And you want to be super woke so that you can get loans from banks. And if you don't get loans from banks, then you can't exist as a company. Um, So good on consumers for rejecting Bud Light. Continue to do that, I think. But we have a really big problem that the elites in our society have made large scale decisions that companies need to, like, be fully trans. May, I am so sad that we have to cut you off here as we go into our break and shift gears. And I know you got to run because we could go down that road forever. The beginning of the social credit score that we've been so concerned about coming out of China, this ESG movement now here as well with this automated AI running the government to decide what you qualify for based on the check marks that you book on how woke you are and how special that you are, according to the government's headlines. It's May Mailman, the Independent Women's Forum, ifw.org. You can check them out. May, it's so good to talk to you again. Keep up the fight. we got to get another update from you again here soon, my friend. All right. Thanks, Andy. Hey, always a pleasure. There it is. That's uh, May Mailman again, the Senior Legal Fellow with the Independent Women's Law Center. What a conversation. We'll do that again here soon. When we come back, Gracie Lynn right around the corner. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, welcome back into the program, boy. Show flies right on by. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations, plus our TV, live stream, podcast, however you watch or listen. Always love you to death and happy Friday to you going into another weekend. Thanks again to May- Mailman coming on the program. She's the Senior Legal Fellow for the Independent Women's Law Center as we talk about these absurdity uh, rules out there. By the way, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it in the segment with her, so we'll do that again here relatively soon. But after a lot of these states, Kansas, where I'm out of, Oklahoma is doing it as well, uh, the state of Florida, other states that are trying to work on these Bill of Rights for Women, just defining what a man or woman is, which, again, is insanity that we even have to go there. But the fact that we are and then trying to say that trans 
what is it, trans women who are men wanting to be women are not able to participate in women's sports. A common sense thing, and the states are starting to crack down on this. So in response, the Biden administration's come out today or yesterday or whenever it was, the last day or two. Uh, wanting to do changes to Title IX, which if you don't know what Title IX is, it's the discrimination laws for the government and for the country, and trying to tweak Title IX, saying that states themselves are not allowed to make these laws because they want the local school boards to make those decisions, and I use that in air quotes, the local school boards, to make those decisions on whether they allow trans athletes to actually participate in the sports or not. So... The one and only time that you will ever get the federal government to say, hey, let's put the power back down to the local communities and the local levels to make their decisions is when they're trying to combat the state making these laws. But it's not going to work. And Oklahoma has already filed a lawsuit. I believe Kansas is on board with it as well. Florida is about ready to jump into it as well, among other states that are battling this. But that's their new challenges. That's the new twist. The new angle that they're trying to attack is saying, let's go after Title IX and say that states are not allowed in this very bully mobster mentality the federal government has, where the states are not allowed to actually make these laws banning trans athletes per- from participating in certain sports. Very weird conversation. We'll do some more about that later on on the program. But it's a Friday, so I want to wrap up the show today on a little bit lighter note, uh, at least from that issue. <laughs> What's trending today? However, it's still a very important one as well, as it makes you think a little bit. How do we continue to battle some of the other issues in the nation? I think even the trans issue is falling in category with this as well, with the attack on the family unit. As you know, that's been ongoing for a very long time. Divorce rates are through the roof across the country, and we have single parents uh, constantly trying to struggle. And in fact, our society now almost encourages the single parents and encourages the either mom or the dad to kind of raise children on their own instead of that stronghold of a family unit. Is there something deeper going on here since we're not focusing on those family units that I think could actually or family values that could solve a lot of the issues of today with our next guest excited to have her on the program. She is author of the book, The Shattered Vase, talking about her story and the single parenting and how it involves the spiritual warfare and the nation right now. Excited to have on the program with us here, Gracie Lynn. Gracie, how are you today? Very good. Thank you. I appreciate being on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on here very much. So it's a it's an interesting take on this issue because, as I kind of led up to, I mean, we're almost encouraged to have single families nowadays in society, aren't we? They, they try to promote that with yeah. the divorce attorneys and how you, you're strong and you can do this and you don't need anybody else. They almost want people to be single parents. I honestly think that the best way to, to raise children is to raise in a two-parent family. Um, my children, particularly, were not raised in a two-parent family. We were raised, they were raised in a broken home. But I'll tell you what, their father was very involved in their lives. Mm. And I just am so grateful. We did not get along together. and was getting to be where it was kind of violent. Um, when he was so unhappy, he, he became a bit abusive. So I was great, very glad that he moved out when he did, but he was never apart from them as their father. And so I think in some instances, you know, being away from somebody where who's so frustrated that he doesn't know how to ha- handle his anger well, yeah. it's really good not to be in a situation like that where an abuse can happen. And we, we separated before that happened. Sure. So in sure. my situation, it was, I think, divorce. I was not something I wanted, 
sort of was something I adjusted to because I knew that was best for for all of us because he was very frustrated and I I wasn't I was very frustrated in the relationship too. It wasn't all on him. Yeah. I had plenty to do with the breakup of the marriage. So, you know, I think that you always have to put the children first. I think the children are best suited for a marriage that remains together. Yeah. But if a marriage that is not happy and where there's a lot of conflict and a lot of dysfunction, that's not always the best suited for children either. Sometimes it's better for them, the parents to just split up and still, as long as they're both still very involved in my children and the children's lives. And my, my ex-husband's an amazing father. He is wonderful. And he was, and now he's a grandfather and he's doing good at that role too. So, yeah, so I think that, and I, I didn't do bad as a mother either. So I think we work better in that way. But I just think you also always need to make sure that the children have a stable environment for much to grow. Yeah, amen to that. I completely agree with everything that you mentioned there. Uh, talking about the identity politics and the, uh, you know, the, the skin colors and the genders and everything that's going on today. And then, of course, the family unit. You'll enjoy this story. My brother, who's about six years younger than me, he was in college in Colorado, and he told me the story of his professor, and I don't know what class it was, doesn't really matter, but the professor said that he is of the privilege, of course, the white privilege argument that they always make, but he's privileged because he's male, he's white, and he still has both of his parents together, and therefore he Uh, is privileged above anybody else in that class, which means he's probably like the most evil person in that classroom. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's actually a very blessed place to be at. But, you know, I think you have to realize that a lot of people that stay together, especially in my parents' generation that stay together because divorce is such a taboo, yeah. they may not have been happy. Yeah. And they may true. have had a lot of dysfunction. So I think you have to go. I mean, for me, I when my ex-husband moved out, I know for sure in my own that God moved in. And he, he was always in my life, but he really protected me and my children in supernatural, miraculous ways. And so if a husband does move out, you can always ask God to come in as a father and as a husband to you. And may, and he will protect and he will provide and he will, you know, make sure that the, the family unit is 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 complete. Yeah. Because right. that's what I... That's what I had, and I still have. I'm still not remarried. I I've dated for, I I haven't even dated recently. But I'm still not remarried, and that's fine for me. I have God, and I have Jesus as my eternal husband. There you go. I love that. We'll talk about your story a little bit. And what does it mean when it, when you mention that the single parenting is a spiritual warfare? What is that? What are you talking about there? Well, okay, initially when God created, you know, heaven and earth and all that, and when Adam and Eve left, that the um, covenant of marriage was instituted so that God could be invited back into the relationship that was broken when Adam and Eve had the fall. And whenever the devil, the devil does not like that unity. Initially it was like Adam and Eve and God, Adam and Eve and God, like almost like the Trinity. And when the devil came in and broke that union, the Adam and Eve had to leave, and God was all alone. Well, when you have a marriage, and you have a marriage ceremony in a, in a church with a covenant agreement between two people, that is when it's important to invite God back into the relationship, and so you can have that three-strand bond again. And when, But the devil doesn't like that. 
because he does not like unity. He does not like love. And he's going to try to do everything he can do to tear at that unity. My sister and Joe, they were very happily married until Joe got a, a look at Megan. And then he started like, well, that's that fellow looks a lot better than my wife, and she's successful, and she's wealthy, and, and my wife just stays at home. So he was constantly comparing his wife to Megan, and that allowed the seeds of division to sow into the marriage. And pretty soon he left the marriage for Megan. Um, so I think it's just so important to know the, the importance of the covenant agreement of marriage mm. in this day and age. And to keep that marriage strong and keep that committed, a commitment between you and the other person and God. And I think that's really important because if not, then, you know, the devil, what the devil is trying to do in this instance was to get Susie so depressed that she would take her own life. Because if he had, the devil could get the Christian mother out of the way, then he knew he would have access to the children. And so that's what the whole plan was. He wanted the, the treasure of this whole game with the children. But Susie didn't allow that to happen, or Jonathan actually didn't allow that to happen, because Jonathan came and broke the curse of rejection. It's a fascinating yeah, story for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a fascinating story. And we got just about a minute here before we have to take a take a commercial break. But okay. that it's you're right. The unity, there's strength in numbers. There's that strength in that unity. And when it gets divided, when it gets broken up, that allows that negativity, that uh, that evil to come in and mm-hmm. be able to start corrupting. And that's, that's we're not aware of that in society today, are we? No, we aren't. But we need to start becoming aware of that and to start becoming aware of how precious the gift of a good marriage is to family. Absolutely. We're talking with Gracie Lynn, author of the book, The Shattered Vase, talking about single parenting and the ongoing spiritual warfare here in the nation. we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. I want to ask about some of the struggles of single parenting, obviously, because it's a major uh, thing in the nation, as you know, with uh, individuals getting pregnant at very young ages, not even starting a family unit, but uh, just starting to have children at very young ages or with the families that have separated and what that actually means and some of the struggles that go on with society today. We'll see with that and more with Gracie Lynn right around the corner. Also some interesting news that uh, has come out. We'll have some fun with it a little bit as well. It's a Friday. Wrapping up the program as we get you set for another weekend. I'm excited. It's Renaissance Festival weekend here in the Wichita, Kansas area. Yes, I'll have my costume ready to go. That's what coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Last few minutes here of the program flies by way too fast. Thanks for hanging out today on the program as we usually like to do. There's so much that we need to get to next week. We're going to do a deep dive in a lot of these issues. I have a laundry list of articles that I've sent myself that we have not had a chance to talk about over the last few days. So we'll get to all those and more coming up. A little bit later, but hopefully you have a wonderful weekend. Right now, we're hanging out with the author of the book, The Shattered Vase, Gracie Lynn, talking about single parenting 
and spiritual warfare on the family unit. Divide and conquer. We see that in the political realm, don't we? The divide and conquer, separate people on identity politics based on uh, wealth classes, based on skin color, based on religion, based on uh, whatever else that they want to divide on. But divide and conquer, you turn uh, them against each other. Now we bicker amongst each other and don't focus on the real enemy that is the elitism, the government, the utopian, whatever you want to call it. That's going on in Washington, D.C. The same thing goes on at the spiritual level, that divide and conquer, separating that family unit, corrupting individuals, and uh, moving forward in that sense. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Gracie, talk about being as, obviously, a single parent and the struggles that you've seen that you've had to go through and that you know that others have had to go through. Because single parenting, as we mentioned, is such a huge issue in the nation today to where we see 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds get pregnant without even the foundation of starting with a family before even being split. But it's used so loosely now that that's just common today. What are some of those struggles? I think one of the, the main struggles for me was um, basically just financially. Um, I didn't get a lot of child support, and it was just a struggle for me to make it financially. I worked. Um, I was a nurse. But even with a, a Bachelor of Science in Nursing, which a lot of young mothers do not have, two, I had two, two degrees. It was still very difficult for me to financially provide for my children. Um, so that was difficult. But, um, but you know, even then I had it so much better than most of the people because I was educated. I also had a house that was paid for. Um, I did have quite a bit of property taxes with that property. But, I mean, I had so much better than so many women have it. So I consider myself very blessed and I had a family that um, if I needed help, you know, they, they weren't somebody to give out money very very frequently or very generously, but if I needed help, I could always rely upon them. Yeah. And they would give me enough to get me by, and I really appreciated that. And they, they helped me quite a bit. So I think that um, financial, but just the support, I mean, like Grace and Mercy in the Bible, they were there for Susie. When she needed somebody to babysit for her, they were there for Susie. When my children were little, we had a lady called Grandma May that was my babysitter, and she would babysit for me anytime, day or night. People like that are so integrally important to single mothers. I just read something online a, a few days ago where a single mom had had to go to work, and she locked her children up in the house, and the guy that was a landlord of the house was a real fraud, mm-hmm. and he had not um, fixed the electric pumps that were in her house, so the house caught on fire. And she ended up going to jail. Nothing ended up happening to him for being a poor landlord that caused the fire to begin with. But she ended up going to jail because she had left her children at home alone so she could actually provide an income. And she had nobody to babysit for her. If she had had somebody to babysit for her, those children would still be alive. Wow. So I think we need to look at some of the... um, the, um, the needs of the single mothers and, and try not to look at them with judgment, but look at them with grace and compassion and mercy and say, well, what can I do to help you instead of, well, you did something wrong. Everybody does things wrong in this day and age. <laughs> you know, single moms need to make sure, we need to make sure we reach out to them as much as possible and love them and be as grace and mercy and hope and faith. They all surrounded Susie with their love and their compassion, and really look for what was best for her, even if it meant telling her you need to stop being jealous of your ex-husband's financial wealth because you would not be happy in that situation. 
you're at. You need to be happy where you're at right now. And that was a big realization for Susie because she struggled with envy sure. when, when she saw the, the fabulous castle that Joe was living in. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different things. I think just, you know, for me, um, over the past few years, I have been reading through the Bible every single year, just getting to know God as an authentic Christian. I think it's been very important for me to learn how to walk in His will and walk according to His commandments. Because when you walk in God's will, you walk according to His commandments. Yeah. Oh, Life those, is just so much easier. Yeah, well, and those teachings, like you said, it's not even having to be family, but it's just being that community and helping individuals out, raising them up, giving them that hand up when they need that. Gracie, we're out of time, my friend. It is the Shattered Vase. Gracie, we appreciate your time very much. Thank you, Andy. Hey, thank you. All right, everybody, that's it. Podcast up in a little bit. Everybody have a great weekend. We're back at it again on Monday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.